Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Thank you, Farad, and welcome to Another Day Above Ground, the podcast made just for you, the baby boomer. We talk about all things that are important to people our age, and when I say we, of course, I can't do it without my two partners. Please welcome from uh, the mile-high city of Denver, Colorado, Carolyn Strauss. Hi, everybody. And Dale, you said our age. Every year I get closer and closer to our age. It was a birthday (laughs) recently. And darn, darn if those aren't getting harder and harder because they're coming faster and faster. Well, that could be you had a birthday. Well, happy birthday and uh, your cards in the uh, store. And um, (laughs) I'll go pick it up. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you're not supposed to tell people how old you are. You want to? I'm at least 49. And I will be at least 49 for the rest of my life. And all of our listeners who can do the math. And know that baby boomers. (laughs) We're not discussing that. Yes, I chose to be on a podcast about baby boomers. I just, I aspire. I aspire. Only person that keeps your age in metric. Hey, I'll tell you how much I weigh. I'll tell you what size I wear. I will not tell you how old I am. Okay. Well, joining us from the great state of Indiana, a man who doesn't care how old anybody is, he still doesn't like them. It's the Aristotle of comedy, Tim Slagle. The state of Massachusetts is now reporting that there's been an application for a name change of a popular resort island to Karen's Vineyard. (laughs) Martha would be pissed. She would. She would just be pissed. Oh, boy. You know, I had one of those weekends where... As we as we get into fall, everything has to be checked for the winter, and so you're looking at all the things and all of the. Th- I'm not a very handy guy, you know. I can I can change your light bulb. I know, know a few women that'll disagree with that. <laughs> handy in handsy. the mechanical way. Carolyn's a handy person too, but you know, hey, handy is way. different than handy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm not. But my my neighbor. It very can fix anything. So I found the solution when things go wrong. I just start swearing. And pretty soon he looks over the fence and, got a problem? <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, I can't fix this thing. And I'll be darned every time he comes over and helps. Come so, on over, Wilson. <laughs> and he's probably going to listen to this. So anyhow, thank you very much for helping. <laughs> so oh, he blew up your sprinklers? Huh? No, 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 I don't have any sprinklers unless that was code for something. <laughs> <laughs> I love fall. This is my absolute favorite season. I wish it would become fall, though. It is still incredibly warm in Colorado. So we're here, it's October, and it is still warm oh i heard the scariest thing on the news the other morning the newscaster said yeah we had seven we hit seven thousand heat temperature records this summer all over the country and then he said but we should feel good about it because this will probably be the coolest summer we will ever have in the rest of our lifetimes oh yes 
Oh, they can't predict the weather three days out. You believe that? <laughs> yeah, really. I hope it happens. The tiki bar will be open 24 hours, seven days a week. You'll be able to plant some real palm trees around yeah, it. Exactly. you be able to get that tortoise I've been dreaming of. Hey, Carolyn, are you a pumpkin, pumpkin spice girl? I'm not a pumpkin spice girl, but I am a pumpkin girl. So I like Trader Joe's has my favorite pumpkin cream cheese. The other day I was in Trader Joe's and there was the pumpkin cream cheese and the harvest salsa, which has pumpkin butternut squash and mangoes and apples in it. Oh, um, yum. Yes. So, but I do not like pumpkin spice lattes. I feel like they taste weird. They ruin the coffee. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm an apple girl, so I have um, those apple candles, you know, the fall apple orchard scented candles all over my house. I love that. Are they actually are or- orchard apple samples? Because most, most orchards uh, fertilize with manure. So I, they, I, I would guess they don't actually smell like a real orchard. Right. They smell I, like the actual apples, not the orchard. I have cinnamon. an apple candle. It smells just like my laptop. And... Um, that's funny. Apple candle. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> wow, Tim. Oh, Usually man. I'm slower than After you. After dragging wow. you folks all the way out on that limb, let's move along. <laughs> <laughs> and, and talk to our special guest who actually has really important stuff to share with us. Our special guest this week is uh, is Eric Rosenberg. And first off, Eric is joining us. He uh, He grew up in Belgium. Which you know, it's one of those countries I've never been to, but I always thought it would be uh, it would be kind of fun to go to because you know I I love their waffles. I think they make some of the best waffles ever, and and the the sprouts in in Brussels are you can't find them anywhere else. And their chocolate is awesome. The chocolate is good too, <laughs> but I've never the- been there. I've never been there, but I have been Flemish. it's all good (laughs) well anyhow eric didn't have the same experience living in belgium which was uh surrounded by rising anti-semitism so he took his family and he came to the united states and he became a citizen and uh and also a uh, uh an entrepreneur a podcaster an author a speaker and he joins us today to talk about his new book the title of which sounds very appropriate for this show it's called before it's too late and as baby boomers we kind of look at it every day that way but eric rosenberg welcome to another day above ground thank you very much dale carolyn and tim thank you for having me i have to say as well that uh one of the things that i loved uh, in belgium is the people because we 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 can see in belgium people are very under assuming uh but the rise of anti-semitism as you rightly said uh forces to leave uh the country and to be leaving the greatest country on Earth, which is the United States of America. Oh, well, thank you very much. A lot of us who were born here may not agree, but... (laughs) (laughs) I heard. (laughs) But what do we know? It's those dang kids. Those baby boomers are fine. (laughs) So let's uh, tell us about your book, Eric, before it's too late. You wrote this for your daughters? Yes, so it's, it's really a legacy project. We came here nine years ago, and uh, I always had this idea of uh, writing to my daughters why we took them for 
what seems a very uh, and was a very easy life. They were seeing their four grandparents every week. Uh, you know, we had a lot of friends, uh, business, uh, and everything. Um, and the more I thought about it, and the more I spoke with some friends uh, in America, they all told me the same thing. Oh, I wish my ancestor would have written a book to explain why and how they came to America. So that became uh, a second uh, motivation for me. But really, um, initially, and that's what I'm very proud of, is, is for my daughters. So it's, it's uh, 370 pages of uh, what happened in Europe the last 80 years, the last 40 years, sorry, since the 80s. Uh, and also uh, 175 links uh, at the end of the book. There's end notes. If anybody wants to check or read uh, to go to another book, uh, another podcast, another article, uh, I really research a lot. And, um, and now they will be able to read, uh, understand, and also the, the next generation. I imagine that uh, in 100 years, with, uh, it was not even baby boomers. It would be uh, gone for a long time. Uh, <laughs> but the, the next generation will be able to, uh, to read and understand what was happening. You know that's really interesting because a lot of a lot of uh, uh, us uh, uh, who you know have history in this country will go back to Ellis Island to to, to try to piece little details together of a, and, and there's nothing really there. It just you know they got off the boat and came in. It's <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. But but yeah but but as as a subsequent generation, yeah, I would have loved to known why why my grandparents emigrated. Yeah, that was one of, of the motivation as well. And, and to your point about not knowing before Ellis Island, quite frankly, in my family, we were able to stay maximum two generations in the same country, being born and, and, and die in the same country, which now I hope uh, the next generation, my family will have many generations living here. But it's also, you know, that is the, the memory aspect, which is very important um, just to, to write about it. And on this note of Ellis Island, uh, I always said when when people say, oh, you're very courageous, you moved here, it should be hard. I said, yeah, but, you know, we didn't arrive at Ellis Island with three kids and, and two suitcases, not knowing where we're going to sleep the next day, which is true. But also my wife says, stop saying this because you, you are not talking about all the very hard part. Uh, it's tough to, to remove the kids, uh, to, to leave a family, which is um, my wife's family is a tribe, to leave your friends, business and everything. And it's true. It's hard. And in the meantime, you know, it's uh, from the moment we're totally aligned. This is what we did and uh, never regretted. So you were only two generations, your family was only two generations in Belgium? Yes. Uh, my grandparents came from uh, Poland, Romania, and Russia. Mm. Uh, and obviously my parents were born there. I was born there, but uh, I'm going to die here. And so, uh, but I hope many, many more days above ground before that happens. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it has been the history uh, of many families, many Jewish families in Europe, and um, that's why we're so grateful to be here now. Well, actually, it's, I, it's kind of the history of every Jewish family, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, probably, a couple yes. generations here, a couple generations there. <laughs> yeah. now, I have to say, a friend uh, whose family, Mizrahi family, is from, uh, I believe, Syria, uh, and now they, they've left, but he's the first one since hundreds if not thousands of years to leave uh where the country where his family uh, had history so hmm. it's really different from one place in the world to the other um that's what it is today i you know i, I just want to say if you, to our listeners if you've never been to ellis island it's well worth a visit 
I'm not the world's biggest fan of New York City, but that's a cool place, Ellis Island. And you see what it was like when they shipped over here. And, you know, the guy with the chalk marking checks or X's on you. And if you're sick, you go over here. And it was not like it is today where all you got to do is sneak in. They put you on a bus to Martha's Vineyard. You know, it's much different now. But, they should uh, actually offer the Ellis Island experience. And you could actually spend two weeks, you spend two weeks in a crate, so it's kind of like being in steerage, and then you get out, and then you get uh, you get shaved and flea sprayed and wait in line. <laughs> and, and then you're told to go to Canada. <laughs> so, Eric... Um, now, what 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 topic do you speak on? Because I I don't you know maybe you you talk about what you just told us, but do you have like a business topic that you're also uh, uh, involved with? Oh, definitely. But I I don't well I do speak now on this topic because I wrote the book and and I want to make myself available. If anybody want to have a discussion or, or explain to others, ex especially the younger generations and those who are going to or are in college today so they are aware of what they're facing. But I don't Carolyn is like, Carolyn is also making herself available to the younger generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one at a time though. Eric wants to hit the masses. I'm tired. I had a birthday. I'm tired. I was going to say when you get older they're all a younger generation. Exactly. I have Anyway, Eric. <laughs> no, the, um, I, uh, I do speak, uh, but on totally different topics. Uh, I speak about meetings, events, aligning, face-to-face uh, -face meeting with strategy. Uh, I coach a lot of uh, business owners, that, and I have the podcast, uh, The Business of Meetings. That's really what I'm doing on a daily basis. Um, but this was very important for me. You know, um, I'm a member of EO as well, Entrepreneurs Organization. We always talk about making a mark. And that's to me, um, it's it's the most important in any business, any successes, anything that I've done in my life, is writing this for my daughters so that the memory uh, is there. So uh, yeah, I, I would uh, definitely speak on that for uh, several weeks, several months. But I'm not planning to do that at all the rest of my life. I have uh, other passion as well. Eric, how old are your girls now? Nineteen, sixteen, and twelve. Have they read the book yet? So the 19 years old is in the middle of it, and uh, I was very stressed what the, my daughters would, would think about it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so far, she loves it. Uh, she learns a lot of things, things that she was not aware of, especially with my uh, the history of uh, our family and uh, what happened to me when I was younger. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's exciting to, uh, to know that uh, she's reading it and to get her feedback. And then the two others, uh, they're in the middle uh, now of uh, a lot of activities with the school. Uh, and uh, they say that by beginning of November, they will start uh, reading it as well. So it's, uh, yeah. The, yeah, so the we can see what a priority your book is for your kids. They, that's great. That's excellent. Um, <laughs> did you go back and, and interview your parents and your wife's parents and get their stories to put in the book as well? No, no. It, it was... Um, it was really for my daughters, so I speak a little bit about uh, my um, parents and grandparents, which obviously I know the, the history. My, my grandfather on my mother's side jumped out of a train, uh, who, which was going to Auschwitz on November 1st, oh, 1940, man. and he survived. 
my other grandfather was uh, in the armed partisan and fought against the Nazi. Uh, and as my father used to say, he didn't wait the end of the year, the end of the war to join the resistance, but went into it from the beginning. So those are things that I want them to know. Um, but it's really more what happened the last 40 years in Europe, uh, the rise of uh, anti-Semitism and Islamism, uh, the socialism, uh, the socialist party, the alliance with uh, the Islamists, and uh, just to, to maintain their power and the vote. Uh, and what is similar to me here, but also what is different and much different here in America than it is in Europe. That's uh, that's really exciting, jumping from a train to, to nowhere. Uh, did did he jump? Yeah. Al- did he jump alone, or was there, was there like a group no, that they, jumped? It's, it's a group that jumped. Um, it was still the uh, the train where they would um, would had the wood plank uh, mm-hmm. closing the windows. Not yet the uh, the wagons um, that they you know, they were transporting uh, cars afterwards that they used. Uh, but um, they were there, and uh, he he told us because every first November we celebrated him. And he told us, uh, even if it was hard for him to, to, to share the story, that they realized that now that they were not going to work, they were not going to uh, anything good, and they decided to jump uh, the train. They, they, they remove several uh, wood planks, and uh, at a certain stage, the train was going a little uh, uh, slower because it was taking a turn. And they jumped. It was in the middle of the night. Uh, the Nazi uh, shot at them, and, and thank God didn't uh, touch him and, and his friends. And then they hide until uh, the rest of the war. Uh, but you know, it, as for us, obviously, is extremely important, and uh, it defines a lot of the things and the values we have. And then you realize that uh, every Jewish family has uh, his own story. And if I even go larger, every minority has been faced with. Uh, with challenges um, fr- from the, the, the Copt in Egypt to the, the Christian, the Yazidis uh, in Iraq or the Armenian uh, now. It's it just, uh, it's fascinating to me how human beings never learn. But at the end of the day, we learn from uh, our grandparents and that's what I want to transmit to my children. Um, not trying to convince anybody, but planting a seed and at least sharing the information with my kids. Well, see, I have a uh, I have a three year old granddaughter now, and I want her to remember her grandfather. So I I've already taught her the pull my finger trick, and it, it, you know, it makes her giggle. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I, Dale's book's going to be about stuff. twenty pages <laughs> <laughs> with, with illustrations. <laughs> yeah, and you won't be able to read it until you're eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> take you to write Eric because I know a lot of baby boomers are listening to us well a few are and um and they you know they everybody thinks I should write my life story or I should mm-hmm. pass on my what I know to the kids how what kind of a project was this how long did it take well when we moved here uh for for the ne- the first 2 years I had a huge mind map in my office and every idea I had I was just writing it down then it stayed there for several years. I was thinking, you know, I should write, I should write. And then um, two years ago, I said, okay, I'm going to write it now. So I hired editors. And uh, I also listed over 100 stories uh, that I wanted to tell. And so they helped me, the editors helped me uh, to basically 
take all the stories and where should each story go in the mind map. And so I had an outline and then I followed the outline. And for a year, every weekend I was writing, uh, following the, the outline and then the process of, uh, you know, working with the publisher, Scribe Media and Lion Crest, uh, making sure that, you know, you, you, you're going to the, the title, the cover and everything. It's, it's a true process. It's a project. Uh, and uh, now the baby's ready. So, uh, yeah, it, it took uh, a lot of time because obviously it's not my uh, my main job. Uh, but also, you know, whatever the project, and in, in this particular case, when you know why you're doing it, uh, it was interesting to tell my, my daughters and my wife, okay, now I'm going to uh, close the door and uh, write your book. And that's what I did for a year. See, and all that work, that's why my book's going to have so many illustrations. <laughs> <laughs> Three, four paragraphs max, you know, and then the rest. Wow, wow. Let me ask you one more question, Eric, and that is you said your your book covers the time from the 80s, I believe, to the present, the upheaval in Europe. The, the most um, outstanding or important event in, in that time? Whew. That's a good question. Um, I, that's I, all I ask is good questions. <laughs> there is not one in particular. There's been a series. Uh, I was involved in the security for the Jewish community. So um, I, I was wearing a, a bulletproof uh, jacket in front of the door, working with the police and, and speaking with law enforcement. Uh, they were portraying a, a different country than uh, my friends in politics and the media. And I always trust the law enforcement much more than anybody else. So it's like really in 2002 that I first told my wife one day we'll have to leave. And then there was a, a lot of happening, um, the killing in the Jewish school in Toulouse, uh, the terrorist attack uh, in, in various places. Uh, it, it's really a series of uh, different events. And then for my wife, the tipping point was really the 11th of January, 2009, when for the first time Israel finally decided to uh, do something about uh, having all those missiles um, that were uh, fired them from Gaza and they went in. And you had in all the European capitals, uh, thousands of, uh, of people uh, in Islamist um, demonstrating. And in Brussels, you had 50,000 of them chanting Israel Nazi, dead to the Jews. And what really struck my wife was the fact that all the politicians we're in the first line of that demonstration. Hmm. So afterwards they say, oh, we didn't see all those uh, words and those those flags and those posters. Okay, of, of course it's a pure lie. But then it was all over the TV, it was all over the newspaper, and they didn't say anything. And at that moment, my wife thought, you know what? If even our own representative are not able to defend us or even to speak up, then on the long term we have a problem. And that's... That was really a tipping point for her. And to your point, Dale, I think having witnessed so many different uh, events, so many that I speak about in the book uh, with a lot of uh, details and information, I came to the realization that um, a lot of people will take misery over uncertainty. And so a lot of people uh, didn't want to leave, uh, although now it has changed. But it's fascinating to me as well that, you know, pe people... Um, don't want to move. Uh, it's not that I like to move, but when you know why you're doing things, uh, just act on it. Whatever the topic, if you, I believe that if you come to a conclusion, whatever it is, if you don't act on it, you're going to regret it. 
So it's you said it's changed. It's ch- has it gotten worse? Has it gotten yeah, better? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Everything's getting worse. It's no, it's like a, the lobster cooking. Yeah. Uh, when, when you put it in the hot, in the, the cold water, it doesn't move. And then you put five more degrees, getting used to it. Five more degrees, getting used to it. And and then at the end, uh, the lobster is kind of sleeping, and then you can cook it, and and it's done. It's really like that. That's uh, democracy, uh, freedom. That's everything is changing a little bit every day. Um, and that's very, very worrying. See, one thing I would suggest is because we're all, you know, so busy now and we're trying to save time is that if you are cooking a lobster, do it in the hot tub. You get in, you bring the lobster in with you after about 20 minutes, you're relaxed and dinner's right there. So <laughs> just a little, little tip from me to you. Well, Eric the only Rose. thing, Dale, it's uh, lobster is not kosher. So it's a very bad example I took. Oh, well, very well. I'll have yours then. All right. (laughs) Eric Rosenberg, thank you so much for being with us. Once again, the name of the book is Before It's Too Late. Where's the best place for people to get this book, Eric? Uh, Barnes & Nobles and Amazon. They they have a paperback, a hard copy, and digital. And the audible version will come out at the end of the year. I record it with my accent, so I have to record it many times so that you can understand what I'm saying but it's done. Well, but it's a lovely Scottish accent. I will say that. And (laughs) thank you so much for joining us, Eric, on another day above ground. Thanks for having me. Once again, the name of his book is Before It's Too Late. And I, you know, I'll probably buy it, even though it's one of the few books I have that I can't color in. So, uh, but it sounds quite uh, quite intriguing. Anyhow, that wraps it up for another wonderful week here on another day above ground. Carolyn, do you have any farewell words for our listener? That was just so interesting to me. I mean, wow! And to spend a year and I, did you ever do that, Dale? Did you ever do the exercise of writing down a hundred stories that? that have happened in your life that are that interesting? You think I can remember a hundred stories that have <laughs> happened in my life? You think he's got a hundred stories that are interesting? <laughs> oh, here's the thing for you, Tim. How about a hundred jokes that you've told over the years? Hmm. Yeah. That and would what be about cool. It? I don't know. Just put them in a book for somebody who cares. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't This is what having a birthday does for me. Thanks, guys. This was fun. Carolyn's book will be a hundred times. She said, I've never done this before. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, any farewell comments for our fan? Hey, yeah, if you're in the Minneapolis or Twin Cities region, I'm going to be doing Crash and Burn again, uh, October 4th through 9th. Is it that 9th. time again? Of the, it is that, time that time again. again. Wow. It's, uh, wow, that's great. It's four comics uh, trying to write 20 minutes apiece over the course of seven shows. So, Fantastic. And then put them all down in a book, and like Carolyn said, you know, anybody's interested, they can buy it. <laughs> <laughs> And I invite you all to visit DaleIrvin.com and sign up for the Friday Funnies so that I can make you laugh in your email every single Friday. That being said, also also visit our website, AnotherDayAboveGround.com, and it's full of, uh, full of more insightful information on us. Thanks for listening. Please share this with everybody you know who's a baby boomer and even those who aren't. 
and we'll see you next week because today is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.